Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. We're going to continue our study tonight. We're going to read about the flood, the ark and the flood. So um, we stopped last week at verse 14. We're going to start this week back at verse 8 to kind of recap a little bit, leading back up into the building of the ark. We're going to read through it today, and then next week we're most likely going to watch some videos, um, some geological stuff, some earth history, uh, so that you can kind of get a visual of some of the evidence of the flood. I think it's important to kind of see those things because it helps to really bring home the scope of what happened especially knowing that what comes in the end is going to be of the same magnitude. It's, it's important to understand that. So in verse 8, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace means favor. So amongst all the people, Noah had favor in the eyes of the Lord. Remember, favor is not the same as favoritism. Favoritism is unjust, unfair, just choosing somebody for no reason. Favor is something that you gain, usually in Scripture with God, through faith, faithfulness, um, and obedience, being in right standing, or what we would call righteous, which just means believing God enough to do what He says is right, as opposed to what we think is right. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. So not only was he genetically perfect, as opposed to those who had been corrupted through the fallen, which we talked about before. But he was also just, meaning he was righteous. He did the things that were right in the sight of God. And Noah walked with God. Right? The Bible says, can two walk together except they agree? So again, all of these things pointing to the fact that he was in agreement with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. The violence was one of the major reasons God was going to have to intervene, because it's unjust for God to not deal with unchecked violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So God was so merciful and so patient that he waited until all flesh had corrupted itself, at which point he had to do something. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So in God's eyes, the end of all flesh, what he had created, had already come. He says, it's already come before me. What I had originally created is already destroyed. So he's going to get rid of all of this corruption and the earth because it had all been corrupted. And this is where we stopped last week and we're going to pick up now with the building of the ark. So God says, he tells Noah, I'm going to have to destroy everything. So this is what I want you to do. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. We don't know exactly what gopher wood is, but we can surmise. You know that a gopher digs holes. It was probably a very porous wood 
every time I look at the cedar wood cabinets in our house, I think I wonder if that's gopher wood because it's full of holes. <laughs> but I would imagine it, it was probably porous, which made it very light and buoyant. But we don't know what type of wood that was. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Pitch is a type of tor. Um, you might think of it as kind of like those old creosol wood. Uh, for those around here might know that creosol wood was soaked in that old gazy tar stuff and it made it absolutely waterproof and just last forever. They used to build bridges and stuff out of wood that was soaked in that old creosol fence post. We had a barn when we were growing up where the, the columns on the barn were made out of that stuff, I think from an old bridge or overpass or something. And every time it would get hot, it would sweat these big beads of tar. And we'd go and, like the railroad tracks, we'd go as kids and we'd peel it off and make little rubber balls with them and play with it. So I can still smell that old creosote. <laughs> but that's what pitch was. He said, cover the whole ship inside and out with this. It's, it was to make it watertight. Fishermen still get their nets in it. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's tar. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Now, in scripture, there were different measurements for a cubit. A cubit was uh, basically the length between the elbow and the finger of the average man. So through history, that, that measurement changed a little bit. But the general consensus is that the length of the ark was most likely somewhere in the area of 510 feet which would be uh, one-and-a-half football fields. Um, that's, according to the Ark Encounters website, that's big enough to put three space shuttles nose-to-nose -nose on the top of it. So that's pretty big. Yeah, well, he, yeah, and he had 120 years. And the breadth of it, 50 cubits, and the height, 30 cubits. So high, it would be about... 50 feet high, probably somewhere around, I don't know, 75 to 100 feet wide. Um, so 50 feet high is the equivalent of a four-story building. A window shalt thou make in the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. So he says in the top, put a window, and in the side, put a door, with lower, second, and third stories, shalt thou build it. So we know it's 50 feet high, which is four stories. And then he says, put a door in the side, which was probably at the top, because he said put lower stories underneath it, second and third. So it's three levels. And if you think about it, 50 feet for, is the average height of a four-story building for us. So for it to only be three stories meant that they were pretty high, which makes sense because they were probably big animals and stuff in there. The climate of the world before the flood would have been absolutely different than everything you see now. The locations wouldn't even have been the same because at that point there was just one landmass. The Bible explains how the land broke apart um, in the time of Peleg, which is all after that. It explains all of that. The Bible is very clear in how all of that happens. You can even still see it in, in, in the earth. You could fit all of the continents back together. They all fit. Okay, so let me explain. The continents are not floating, okay? The earth, during the flood, and we're going to get to that, it explains that the earth cracked open. 
And the earth is still, if you remove the oceans, if you look at the earth without the oceans, there is a huge scar down the mid-Atlantic rift that is still spreading open to this day. The whole earth is, is scarred and cracked and busted. And it's still separating to this day by the space of about four feet a year. The earth is growing like all living things. It's still expanding. Um, but when this flood happened, it says that the fountains of the deep, the earth itself cracked open and the, um, the sky, the rain started coming down from above. So the, the best way that I can explain the movement of the um, continents to you is that when I was a little kid, I had chicken pox. I had a chicken pox scar by my belly button when I was a kid. Now that chicken pox scar is on my side. The chicken pox scar did not float across my belly. My belly expanded. It grew. But, but it's to help people understand um, the Bible is clear that there was one landmass. It makes that in the description in the beginning. And then it does tell you at which point the land began to break apart. In fact, that's part of the reason that the languages were dispersed after, um, after the Tower of Babel fell. Because the people were dispersed, the land was broken up, and the languages separated, and things began to, to separate at that point. It began to break during the flood. That's why I think the most Yeah. That's when the fountains of the deep broke open, the, the planet cracked. It was that bad. What, we, what this planet faced was so severe that it scarred and marred and cracked the planet. And you still can see that if you look at the, the um, globe. Just go Google Earth without oceans and look at the, the topography of it. Just look at the gap between uh, America and Europe. That's yeah. a giant scar that's been built of water. Yeah. In fact, that the, the rift, the what is it, the, the Mariana Trench, um, is the deepest place on Earth. They don't even know how deep it is. It's so deep in some areas that they have not been able to actually see the bottom or get to it because when they send instruments down, it gets to such great depths and pressure that it crushes and destroys their instruments. So they don't even, it's a bottomless pit. It is the abyss. They can't even measure. There, there are parts of it where they can reach the bottom, but there are parts of it where they cannot. And it's miles and miles and miles and miles and miles deep. So the, the earth is scarred and marred very, very severely. And the same event that caused this will happen again. So we have to understand, like the things that are described in the book of Revelations, you know, of, of geological upheavals and astrological upheavals, you know, so there, there were, you know, and the Bible talks about meteorites coming and great volcanoes. So when you see throughout history these, you know, super volcanoes and all of these great geological things happening, they'll tell you it happened millions and millions of years ago, but actually that was all part of the upheaval that happened at the time of the flood. Because remember, God wanted to wipe out everything that the fallen had done. So not only the plants, the animals, but their technology, their cities. He wanted everything to be starting over completely. The, the, you know, whatever they had invented or created or done had to be buried and covered up, you know, turned over. That's why, you know, even to this day, you find fossils of fish at the top of mountains and cities buried inside of mountains and under oceans and all of these things. But, you know, the world was an absolutely, completely different place. 
And that's probably even the root of a lot of the Atlantis legends, you know, this old technological civilization that was swallowed up in the sea. A lot of that probably was derived from, from memories of the flood because every culture on the planet had a flood legend. Why did I say it happened millions of years ago, but when we look in our ears, it's on the one discredit God? Because the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants you to not be ready for the next time this happens. Just like they weren't ready the last time it happened. They want it to, to not go well for you. So They are preparing for it. In fact, right now we know that there is a seed vault in the, the tops of the mountains in Switzerland that they call the seed ark. That they're storing all of the seeds right now because they know these things will happen again. But just like the giants, they are trying to out-engineer God and his judgment. The Bible literally says that people will hide themselves in the dens and the caves of the earth, right? That's their bunkers and their arks, their seed arks. And, and in fear for what they see coming upon the earth, they're going to know it's coming, yeah. but it's not going to save them. Okay. It says they're going to even cry out for death, and they're going to be so afraid that men's hearts will fail them. They're going to have heart attacks because they're so scared for fear of what is coming upon the earth. Now, for the Christians who are not, not going to be led into those shelters because they're not going to have the mark of the beast, the Bible says they'll be heard singing in the fires, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, we will have Jesus with us, so we're going to be all right. Yep. So it says, it says, go into your house and shut the door until the indignation be overpassed, just like Passover in the time of, of Moses, where the angel of death passed over some that were with God, shut up in their house, they were having dinner and, and fellowshipping with the Lord. But for others, you, know, you could imagine... The firstborn of every family of Egypt died during the Passover. Well, I mean, could you just imagine sitting in your house that night having dinner with your family and hearing the screams of, you know, and cries out there of all of the, even the animals, like of just, you know, the death that came. But we have an ark. The ark is Jesus. Make sure you're ready. Make sure you're on the ark. But just like Noah, remember, he found favor. He found grace with God because he was just and he was righteous. In other words, he did what God said was right. And ultimately, it's the same. We find favor or grace with God if we're righteous. In other words, if we do what God says is right. So we have to put our faith in Jesus. We have to, you know, be saved. We have to be in marriage covenant with him. He drank the cup for us of this judgment, and therefore wrath is not appointed to the righteous. Now, the enemy's wrath will always come against the righteous, but God's wrath will not come against the righteous. And God's wrath is what the only thing you really got to worry about. We will at some point later go through, um, before we get out of the Noah story probably, we'll go through what's going to happen when this event comes around again. Um, probably when we get into the covenants later on. But, okay, verse 16. The window shalt thou make in the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it from above. The door of the ark shall be set in the side. Right? We read that with three levels. 17. And behold, this is God speaking, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth. That's what we just said. This was the wrath of God. This was coming from God. This wasn't coming from the Antichrist or the enemy or the devil, you know, that they have, their power is limited. 
when God sends judgment, you do not want to be caught up in it because there is no escaping it except that you find grace or favor with him. God says, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee, speaking to Noah, will I establish my covenant. A covenant is a agreement, a partnership. God established a covenant with, Abr- with um, Adam in the beginning. Um, and of course, through the fall, things got corrupted and shifted and changed. He's telling Noah, when this is all said and done, I'm going to start over. It's going to be like a new creation and I'm going to establish a new covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind and of cattle after their kind and of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. A couple of things to take note here. It says that they will come unto thee. Noah didn't have to go out and find them. God sent them to him. I had to laugh the other day. Malachi built some bee boxes, and while they were still sitting on his front porch, he sent a video. The bees were flying into the bee box. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, the flood's coming. He didn't have to go get the bees. They're coming in on their own. He didn't even put the boxes out yet. But also it says that, and we're going to read this a little bit more. There were two of every unclean animal, right? That's like um, carnivorous kinds of animals, animals that were considered unclean. And then seven of every clean including the fowls of the air, flying things, because the flood was so bad there was nowhere for birds to land for 40 days, so they drowned too. So everything had to come into the ark unless it could live in the water. Now, the idea, the cartoon image is of two animals, a male and a female, walking into the ark. I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it's two pairs. So I think it was four of the unclean and 14 of the clean because it says for the seven it says two of the male and the female of each of the seven which is an odd number so you can't have a male and a female of each of the seven it's it's a it's seven males and seven females and you'll see in a second it keeps repeating this over and over in ver- the next verse that we read it says and take unto thou unto thee of all food that is eaten and thou shalt gather it into thee and it shall be for food for thee and for them, for Noah and the animals. And thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So he gathered food and, and seed and grain into the ark. So there were some things that he would have had to plant, but also God would have also reseeded the earth because they couldn't have carried seed for everything. Plus, there are a lot of seeds that could survive floating around. The, the math on the size of this boat, when broken down into the equivalent of a tractor trailer, like the um, the big trucks, the big rigs that carry the cargo in it, considering how many sheep can fit into one of those and how many of those can fit onto the ark, 
Uh, there was room, I can't pull it up with my phone because it's on a phone call right now, but I think it was for like 120,000 sheep on the ark. If it were just sheep, you could fit 120,000 of them. So there, there was room because understand what it's saying here, each after their kind, yeah. right? So that doesn't mean that, right, that doesn't mean that there's a lion, two lions or two tigers or two, you know, house cats. So it means there's two cats. And then every cat comes from that two two cats, right? It wouldn't have been so said a lion. It would have been a a cat that had the genetic material to to produce everything, right? And and that's why all of your animals can be traced back to a source animal, um, but not a different animal. There is a missing link uh, for the evolutionist in every species. There's nothing that ever links a species to a different species. There is adaptation within a species. The easiest explanation is through Noah himself. Out of Noah and his three sons came all of the different um, races and genealogies. You know, your Africans, your Europeans, your Middle Easterns, your Asians. They all came from Noah and his family. And it was the same with all of the animals. For example, all dogs have a common ancestor um, in a dog that's very similar to the dingo. The dingo is one of the oldest breeds of dog, but most other breeds, you know, come out of that. So on the ark, there would have been canine, but not every kind of canine, just one of each kind. And um, Answers in Genesis makes a very good point too. God was saving these animals to repopulate the earth. So there's no reason to have old, full-grown animals. You would have had young animals, maybe even adolescent animals, which would have been smaller, easier to attend to, easier to feed, so that when they get off the ark, they're of optimal breeding age to start repopulating. Yeah. Baby elephants as opposed to adult elephants. Yeah. We didn't know when we set our rabbit cages that it periodically floods through that area. So we never have to clean our rabbit cages because periodically there's a flood that washes through and cleans everything. So God could have, you know, the, the window in the ark being at the highest point, you know, God knew what he was doing. It could have even been set in a manner that would have washed everything. Yep. Yep. Every creeping thing, even the insects, nothing would have survived unless it was on the ark. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he did. So Noah was the first prepper. He collected all the food. He collected everything, the animals God sent. All right, starting chapter 7, entering the ark. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. So again, righteous means to do what God says is right. He was in right standing. He considered Noah righteous in that generation. So why did God allow Noah on the ark? It says because he was righteous. Righteousness is your ticket on the ark. Righteousness is your ticket into New Jerusalem. Righteousness is your ticket into heaven. For us, it's through Christ's righteousness. He took our sin that we might be called the righteousness of God, but it still requires righteousness. We still have to be in right standing to get on the ark. Of every clean beast, now this is, listen the way this is worded. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, 
the male and his female. So by sevens, the male and his female. So seven males and seven females. Because you can't have seven, it's an odd number. If it's male and female, like, like if you had six, you could say, well, three male and three female. But you can't have male and female of seven. So it says by sevens, the male and the female. So I think it's seven sets, seven breeding pairs. So it's 14. In the beginning, God told humans what they could eat. And he told them originally only the herbs wherein there is seed. Okay, God never changed that until after the flood. God changes in the new covenant. He says, okay, now you can eat meat. And in the new covenant, he also puts a fear in the animals of humans because now they're going to be hunted. So now they need to fear humans. Before the flood, every animal was like a pet. There was no fear of man in it because they weren't eating them where they weren't supposed to. Let me put it that way. There was no righteous man of God who was eating meat. Now, the fallen most definitely probably were because part of the reason God sent the flood is because the earth was filled with violence. You know, in the accounts of Enoch, it talked about, you know, the earth itself crying out and groaning because these giants were just consuming everything and, and there was a gluttony in the land and there was just violence and destruction. But it was never okay or given by God for humans to eat meat until after the flood that came in, in, in the way of the next covenant. So that would be one of the reasons why probably there wasn't an issue with clean and unclean before because they weren't eating. We do know that there are seven pairs of the clean coming onto the ark. This is not 100% true, but generally clean animals are your herbivores. Right. That's not completely true because rabbits are not clean animals because of their, their they have hands, they have fingers and all that, but... They are herbivores, but generally speaking, your clean animals are going to be your herb, your your deer, your cattle, your sheep, things like that. Stuff that would be um, split hoof, things that would have been prey to the unclean animals. So you obviously need more of them because if you only bring two pairs of those and one gets eaten, then you're you're done. Right, verse two of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and the female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and the female. So the ones that were not clean, you'd have had four of. You'd have had two pairs of male and female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. So it was to make sure that they survived and were able to repopulate. Okay, now this part I find very interesting. God's telling him all of this. He's giving him this instruction and he tells him, For yet seven days and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So the ark is finished. Noah has been preaching righteousness. The Bible says God saved Noah the eighth man, a preacher of righteousness. Not only was he righteous, but he continued to preach righteousness and repentance until the very end. For 120 years, he's been building this ark in obedience to God, preparing for this great judgment and preaching, hoping that some might repent and, and, and escape it. Seven days before the flood, everything is finished and God gives him all of these instructions. So seven days he's telling him, 
and I will cause it to rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. So I think he gave them a rest for seven days. They knew it was coming. Everything was in order. The animals were coming to Noah. I think there was a seven-day period of waiting and resting and, you know, some final preparations and just taking it in because everything is about to change. We we know that for sure um, Methuselah had died because his death was the marker that it was going to come. But he would have still had family, extended family alive. His wife, the, they would have had. And those were probably the people they were preaching to who thought they were crazy and wouldn't get on the ark, you know. Because God told him that he would be saved and those with him. So anybody who would have joined him would have had the opportunity to be saved. It, it wasn't exclusive, but they nobody believed. Because he was righteous, his household was saved. He's, he, God gives a promise that he'll save you in your household. But because they were with him, and he was in the right place, right standing, then they were saved. Verse 5. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood, of clean beasts and of the beasts that are not clean and of the fowls and of everything that creepeth upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Now, this is important. Underline it in your Bible. Remember it. The way this is worded. So, God warned them in seven days it's coming. Some, they, they load the animals on the ark and then they wait. In seven days, it says, in one day, everything happened. Everything broke loose all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Of course, they knew it was coming, but it was a suddenly. It says the fountains of the deep broke open. So most of your water probably actually came from underground because the earth cracks open and all this water comes up and the windows on heaven are opened up and the rain comes down. The windows of heaven were opened. That's a very significant wording because that wording comes up again in the descriptions of what happens at the return of Jesus. Pointing back, which we will read at some point, to the fact that it is the same event happening again except that the water has already been spent, so it's not going to be water, it's going to be fire next time. But the windows are opened up. Now, this is an atmospheric event. Um, it's believed that prior to the flood, the atmosphere was much thicker, much more humid. They had what they would believe would call a vapor veil, which would have been a lot more moisture in the atmosphere. 
Um, we see that in evidenced in the geological record when you see these massive plants and these large flying birds and insects and everything. The atmosphere would have had to have been much thicker and much richer to support this kind of life. Even the dinosaurs and the larger animals. You look at something like a brontosaurus and its nasal cavity is no larger than the size of a modern horse. An animal that big with a nose that small would have to be getting very rich oxygen air. So the atmosphere was different then. No, you're, you'd have had more oxygen content. You'd have had the oxygen. Right now, the air, we only have about like 20 something percent oxygen in this air right your your earth from creation would have been different a lot of that atmosphere escaped because what happened was not just geological it was celestial when you you see things about the dinosaurs getting wiped out by meteors and stuff that's not entirely wrong the nfl has those chambers that they get them into right right there would have been greater pressure and there would have been greater oxygen which prohibits the growth of viruses, fungus, and bacteria, and promotes healing. That's why the rich people get into hyperbaric oxygen chambers to heal. It even heals brain injuries, which is probably one of the major reasons that before the flood, the people's lifespan was so much better and longer. It is scientifically proven they can show the fossil amber records where the oxygen bubbles or frozen in amber. Frozen, yeah, and it is a significantly higher in oxygen and a different atmosphere altogether. Also, too, if where our oceans were, were trees and green and, right. and stuff right. like that, there would be more oxygen. Right, and, and I do believe that the earth was smaller then because of what happened that split it open and it's still growing, um, which would have even given you less gravity which would have made things so much easier on your body and on your system. It, that's part of what ages you now and wears your heart down. We could probably slam dunk back there. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And larger animals, and they can handle it. Right. And Especially for an insect, because an insect breathes through its body. It doesn't, and that's why they can't survive, get very big nowadays. Yeah. Like then you had dragonflies that had wingspans like three feet across. Well, there's been a yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen fossils of dragonflies that were this big. Yeah. And of course, the reason we have all of these fossils is because of the flood. Because when the flood came, it threw mud and silt over everything and trapped all of these creatures. Um, and that's why we have such a record of them. In fact, that's where our oil and all of that comes from, uh, is whole forests being trapped underneath seas that didn't exist before and mud and flood. Now, it, remember, it says the fountains of the deep broke open, so a lot of this water actually came up out of the ground from inside the earth. So a lot of the water that now rests in the oceans wouldn't have been there before. So you would have had more, more land mass. So the world was completely different. Well, and in creation, it says that the land was in one place and all the waters were in one place. So you had one ocean and one landmass, but all that gets broken apart. Super volcano geysers, yeah. It, it would have been absolute terror. Yeah. On a global scale. Stop. <laughs> They believe in a crystal, 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 crystal
by pressure of oxygen in the earth, which kept the ocean pushed down. But when the atmosphere collapsed, the crystal permit collapsed, it caused the atmosphere to open up. To come up. It's not possible with dinosaurs to feet tall, but they're not the size of a horse. It's how can an animal this size breathe up a building this oxygen level was very, very concentrated. And rich, right. And, and the, and the Romans documented what the Jewish people believe, which was an icy atmosphere right. that kept everything in a very tight and it, it, it truly it could have all been triggered by a meteor coming in tearing up that atmosphere um, and once that pressure was released it could have caused the fountains from the deep to start rising up because you don't have that pressure keeping the water under wraps and like they water volcanoes so when this comes around again if you think about it okay so like what Melika was talking about in creation it talked about a firmament which which some believe was like he said that um basically frozen ice crystal like an ice layer in the atmosphere holding in a lot of this oxygen and pressure and building this up and that breaks um probably even from maybe a meteorite or something whatever the the event was that triggered it um, that releases the pressure. You start getting all this volcanic activity, water geysers, super volcanoes. Everything's going off. You move to when this event happens again in the book of Revelations, and it talks about things. It says that a great mountain is cast into the sea. That's like a meteorite being thrown into the ocean. Um, it says it looks like the stars are falling. So that's that's you're looking at it again. It says, but this time, because there's no more water to fall like there was before this time it says things are going to burn it says that you know the trees are going to burn and the grass is going to burn and and men are going to be scorched by the heat so where before it interrupted the atmosphere and caused all this water to fall now it's going to interrupt the atmosphere and cause fire to fall and burning and all of this so whatever the event was it very drastically affects the atmosphere which then triggers all of these geological events as well uh, and, and an earthquake. The, in the Bible, it always talks about when the wrath of God comes, it begins with a huge earthquake, a shaking, which in this event, you know, it says the fountains of the deep broke open. Like remember, about 2,000 years roughly after creation, you have the first event. 2,000 years later, we have Christ come. The second event should have happened, but Jesus comes and takes the wrath himself. On the cross is when it should have happened, the sun turned black and there was an earthquake and it passed. And then that's when they're like, oh, this really was the son of God. He took the wrath. It stated you get another 2000 years. You're coming into that time frame again where, OK, now we, we got reprieved for 2000 years, but it's coming back around. So there's a reason to learn these things and take it very seriously. We're there. We're there. Yeah. 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 Christ was 2,000 years ago. We're there. Yeah, 2,000. We're, we're, 2000, we're, we're 20 years overdue. Oh, well, I know. It was, I know. It's, it's some give or take. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not an exact science because remember that for Noah, it wasn't until there was no righteous left except for Noah. So as long as there's righteousness being spread, um, then you can push it back. God will tarry for the sake of the righteous. But when there gets to the point where there's just so much wickedness and so much destruction, then he'll take the righteous. Yeah. Then he'll take the righteous out of it like he did for Noah and then bring the destruction. It's close. Okay. So the fountains were broken up and the windows of heaven were open. And the rain was upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. So it rained nonstop 
for 40 days and 40 nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth and <coughs> the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. So that's all that went in. After preaching for 120 years, nobody listened to his sermon. Nobody believed he only saved himself and his family. But he still did what was right in the sight of God and saved all of humanity through it. So even if nobody listens, even if your only disciples are your own children, you can still be in right standing and you can still do great things for God, for humanity and for God's kingdom. Nobody came to his altar calls and he still preached for hundred. He still preached until it was, till the last moment. They and every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark two and two of all flesh wherein the breath of life is. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. So God shut the door. They went in, and God shut the door. Because when the water started rising, I imagine then they wanted to come and, and get on the boat, but they couldn't. Noah couldn't open that door for anyone. It was God that shut it. Now, who does the Bible say is the door in the New Covenant? Jesus is the ark of the new covenant. But there is a point at which the door is shut. There is a point at which it's too late to get on the ark. Time is running out. And even in the new covenant, it says that in the end, when they see Jesus coming in the clouds, they're going to be screaming and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, and people are going to realize what happened and it's going to be too late. They can't get on the ark at that point. The door is shut. So there is a point at which you miss your opportunity to miss the judgment. So take it seriously while you still can. And the flood was 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bare up the ark. So they go in, God shuts the door, it starts raining. Now the ark doesn't just start floating right away. They sit in this ark and the waters are coming up. It takes about 40 days for the waters to keep increasing. And in that time frame, at some point, the ark starts to float and go up. And it bears up the ark and it lifts it up above the earth. Verse 18. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went up upon the face of the waters. So now the, earth, the ark is floating. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. So every mountain and every hill on the whole, everything was underwater. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered. So 15 cubits above the highest mountain. Well, you got to take into consideration Mount Everest might not have been around. It might not have, have been, been there. Been in all this right? Yeah, or so even they after. It's true. Right. And and right. And and take into consideration too that the upheavals didn't end with the flood. 
for several generations, it still records upheavals it's and like aftershocks and right. There's aftershocks. The land is still moving. The land is still so some of these mountain ranges that we have now were still being formed. Like we don't, it might have not had big mountains before, but it does say there were mountains and there were hills, and it says that the water was 15 cubits above the highest one. Everything was underwater. 15 cubits would be, I don't know, something 22, like 22 yeah, I was about to say 25, but yeah, like about 22 feet. That's what it says. So upwards of 20 feet under water, it covered the mountains. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both fowl and cattle and the beast, which means the birds too, because it was underwater long enough to where if they had nowhere to land, they all died. Yeah, they starve to death, or they had to land on the water and drown because eventually they run out or get eaten by something. And of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, and all that was in the dry land died, and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowls of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. So for 40 days it rains, the rain stops. And then you have 150 days after that that it stays flooded before the water's starting to go down. Yeah. And and remember also, it wasn't day one that the highest mountain was underwater. The it says that it's the water started rising. It took. Right, and back then. So there could have been trees and things on the mountains that were only underwater for a few days and survived as the waters receded, but enough to kill you know, any people that would have been there. But most things would have... Something God wants to happen. He doesn't depend right. on the scientific method. He, he can create up enough. He will bring life where he, he can recreate whatever he wants. And he can float seeds. That's true. That's right. he chooses to do it. He can have a rotting corpse of an animal that ate a seed, you know, land somewhere and the tree sprang out of it. Somewhere. Life will make a way. (laughs) Find a way. So God will find a way. God is the way. (laughs) Yeah. We don't know, and it's very possible that with the atmosphere being so different, there probably wasn't even any rain before the flood, but there was this mist Mist. that watered. So for him, so, you know, he's preaching, he's preaching, you know, get on the ark. There's a judgment coming. Water's going to fall from the sky. I mean, how crazy would that have sounded if they never even experienced rain? There's so many elements to this. We try to impose our world on this world, and it was a completely different world. Um, and we can speculate, but we do know what Scripture does tell us, that there was, there was mist and, and not so much rain. Um, there was rivers, but... Yeah, if the, the environment probably would have been more like... More like the Congo. Yeah, the Amazon Just remember, though, in the beginning, what God created 
There was no violence. There were no carnivores. So any dinosaurs or anything that would have been created in the beginning, it would have all been herbivores. The, the meat-eating came in through corruption, and then after the flood, God allowed humans to start eating meat. Well, so, it, it, Genesis and Genesis also brings up this point. We assume we assume meat-eaters. Just like most of our vegetal, our uh, herbivores have very sharp razor teeth. Yeah, that, a panda bear. Compared, yeah. Yeah. A, com- a panda like bear. They would, they would devour a fish or something. And but, you know, that's what I'm saying. so even a T Rex, right? We don't, don't know, know that it ain't meat. And and I had done before. I may do it again in the midst of all of this, um, just to show you because you know the the schools will tell you that you know dinosaurs lived millions of years ago before humans and all that. That is not accurate. There was no death before Adam and Eve sinned, so nothing could have lived and died before Adam and Eve sinned. I can bring you. A lot of evidence, I've done it before, I may still have it somewhere on file or on record, but I mean, there are rock carvings in cultures of humans riding T-Rexes. In fact, we have fossils of of footprints, of human footprints inside of dinosaur footprints. They could have been. Um, The Stegosaurus, when they first uncovered it, they put it together wrong. They went to the Indians, the Hopi, I believe, who knew what it was, uh, and they still had rock carvings and paintings of it and said, no, this is what it's supposed to look like. So then they went back and redid their, their models and skeletons and put the skeleton together right because the Hopi, who knew what it was supposed to look like because their ancestors had, had lived around them, knew what it was supposed to look like. There are sculptures on the walls of all of these ancient cultures of things that are exactly the same as a Baronosaurus. So these things existed with humans. They were there before the flood. And they were on the ark. And some of them were on the ark. Yeah. It, we don't know what they sound like. No. That's true. We don't. We don't know what they sound like. I mean, it's, it's the movies make it all fun. No, I can tell you because the movies use sounds from chickens because my chickens make T-Rex sounds all the time. And I hear, when I'm feeding them, when I, when I feed them, I hear Jurassic Park. And I'm like, uh-uh. So, anyway. They were made in the same day. The same day. Yeah. Right. Remember in creation, God made all of the animals and man on the same day. So everything was created. The only thing that came before us were the birds and the fish. It, great, great lesson. Very interesting stuff. We can talk about this forever. We will drag this out because we want to really get it. We're not going to rush through it. God's so, word is truth and the devil is a liar. That's right. And the devil doesn't want you to know the truth because he doesn't want you to get on the ark because he knows this stuff is coming and he wants you to miss it and face the judgment with him. Just as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the time of the coming of the Son of Man. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.